irreparable ordeal. Utility officials say it could take weeks for thousands to get power and water back. About 450 National Guard members are mobilized in Kentucky searching for bodies. Promising news this morning on a COVID pill and its effectiveness against the new Omicron variant. We have now proved that uh, instead of 10 of them going to hospital, only one will go. Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla on CBS Mornings. More from correspondent Steve Kathan. Pfizer says it's testing on its COVID treatment pill indicates it can cut hospitalization or death in high-risk unvaccinated adults by 89% if given within three days of first symptom. The FDA is considering Paxlovid for use in high-risk people. A decision is expected by the end of the month. There could be more action against a former top Trump aide today in connection with the January 6th attack. I'm Peter King. The House Committee investigating the insurrection has recommended contempt charges be brought against former Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, who abruptly stopped cooperating with the panel. The full House could vote on contempt late this afternoon. Officials in Haiti say about 40 people have been killed after a gasoline truck blew up. CBS's Vicki Barker is at the foreign desk. Phone footage shows bodies covered with sheets in the road, stunned locals walking among charred, damaged buildings, some with their facades blown away. The fuel truck explosion left at least 47 dead, dozens more injured. Witnesses say some passersby in Cap Etienne were using buckets to scoop up fuel from the ground amid a severe shortage that's led to skyrocketing gas prices. In Afghanistan, it's food they can't get enough of. Correspondent Cammie McCormick at the Pentagon. The UN's World Food Program says 98% of Afghans don't have enough to eat, and with the economy failing, that will only get worse next year. Foreign aid to the country has dropped off significantly since the Taliban took over. S&P futures are down 28. Dow futures off 101. This is CBS News. Fever is the number one COVID symptom, so be safe with an accurate thermometer. Only Exergen is proven accurate in more than 100 studies. Learn more at exergen.com. It's not magic that we'll deliver 1 billion packages to homes across the country this holiday. It's the United States Postal Service. And we don't need a team of reindeer to do it because we've added more vehicles to our fleet. And while we don't employ a legion of elves, we have hired thousands of new members for our team. So if making more holiday deliveries to homes in the U.S. than anyone else seems like magic, that means we're doing our job. Share the magic at usps.com helpers. Dell Technologies end-of-year sale is the perfect time to upgrade tech. Save big on the latest computers featuring Windows 11 Pro that easily automate workflows. Don't forget to shop servers, storage, and top-brand electronics with savings up to 45% and all with free shipping. Call a Dell Technologies advisor to help you transform your digital workspaces with comprehensive end-to-end solutions. Find the right tech for your business needs at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. A new study finds praising your kids can create good habits. Part of being an adult is often doing things we don't love to do, like waking up early or exercising. But for many of us, persistence is key. For kids, it could be praise. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania put that theory to the test. They asked parents to tell their kids things like good job or nice work after brushing their teeth at night. And after a while, it did work, saying the encouragement, especially for little ones, kept them on task and it helped them form consistent habits. Experts say praise can also create positive behavioral changes. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Elon Musk sent crypto investors into a tizzy this morning when he tweeted Tesla will make some of what he called its merch available by Dogecoin. Not clear exactly what he meant by merch, but the website sells everything from Tesla whistles to belt buckles to kid-sized ATVs. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills, so they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing, if you join before December 15th, 
They'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 866-88-BIBLE. That's 866-88-BIBLE. 866-88-BIBLE. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Choose the season for Nacho's Navidad at Taco John's. Juicy seasoned beef, nacho cheese, and a whole lot of holiday cheer on red and green tortilla chips. Crunch into Christmas at Taco John's for limited time. Bigger, bolder, better. Gift cards from Taco John's are the best way to make sure everyone leaves your gift exchange happy, like Food Coma Happy. Spend $25 on gift cards and get a $5 gift card free. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet bed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 5937393. That's 5937393. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Daily reports of the stock market's close. Tune in at 5.30 tonight on WATH to stay informed about your money. The stock market report is brought to you by Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, serving Athens County since 2005. The Goldsberry Wealth Strategies stock market report airs exclusively in Athens County on 970 WATH weekdays at 5.30 immediately after our local newscast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. I, uh, 72 years. Right proud of it. I've been here 50 of them. Hard to imagine. Hocking College. We're going to get updated today by its president. That's right, Betty Young's our guest this morning. Beautiful sunshine outside, 28 degrees though. Got to scrape those windshields. But we're headed up to 56. See if that's working. Just say something. Good morning, Oh, Dave. you do sound great. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that um, we had the right mic in front of you. Congratulations on your 50 years. That's quite a legacy here. Yeah, well, I had a few elsewhere, but uh, <clears throat> mercy, this has uh, been... Actually, I guess it's not 50, but <laughs> I'll have to do the math. I got here in 73, so whatever it is. It's pretty okay. close. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Betty Young, the president of Hawking College. Uh, and, and, Betty, we get together, oh, 
three or four times a year and talk about things. And, and you know, you read so much in the paper about, <clears throat> oh, I don't want to. How many ball games we're winning these days well, in basketball? <laughs> and how many new programs we've got starting? And well, I was all kinds of ribbon different. cuttings? I was going to go a little different direction. I was going to say about all the problems that Ohio University is experiencing. Uh, yeah, that hurts and, my heart. And, and, and tell us why it breaks your heart, because you have a strong connection to it. I do. So I started my education over in Marietta, Ohio, at the two-year college there. But back in those days, or around the same time you started in Radio 73, um, you know, the, they, the, not all the credits transferred. Today, that's not true. In the two-year college, of course, our, our, we have programs that directly transfer to four-year universities. You can do those first two years with the two-year college, save a lot of money that way. But um, it didn't all work that way back then. And so mm -hmm. I started there but came over to OU and earned an associate degree in math and science. And quite frankly, uh, the confidence that I could do college work. I was 28 before I came to college. I went on to earn a bachelor's from the School of Business here at Ohio University. I'm very proud of that. Um, I'm a major in accounting and, and management and business pre-law. Dr. Marinelli was, uh, started that program over there, and I ultimately ended up going to law school. I finished a master's and a Ph.D., all from Ohio University, before I did go to law school at Capitol. So I have a uh, vested interest in making sure that Ohio University does well long into the future, and we need that school here in our valley. So, Well, refresh my memory. You became president of Hawking College uh, when? Uh, in the fall of 14. Okay. And um, so let's see here, 14, 6. Seven se years. Seven years, okay. Um, and when I'm when I see you, and when we're talking, and whether it's talking about non-business or business, it's very clear to me you love your job. Now, are you fooling me, or is it real? <laughs> oh, no, it's real. You know, when um, Hawking was in, uh, uh, not a good place in 14, I had the opportunity when I uh, left uh, Houston to move back to be closer to my family really was a big motivator for me. I'm from Marietta, Ohio, and I have my daughter lives there, and so I wanted to come back this direction. But I had a full-time job offer in West Virginia and was really planning on taking that. And um, like, like at WVU? No, that was with the Ohio, their West Virginia Ethics Commission, actually. Oh, okay. So, but anyway, they, um, you know, Hawking needed some help, and uh, even though it was a six-month interim, it was in my heart that that's where I should be, and um, the work was going to be hard, but it was so important to the region. And if it weren't for the two-year college system in Ohio, I wouldn't be able to sit here with you today. That's how I started. So um, I made that decision, and I've never been sorry that I made that decision. Uh, Hawking is a wonderful school. Uh, the, what we do here for uh, students, both from the region and far beyond, is uh, amazing in terms of setting them on a pathway to prosperity and so many great success stories we just graduated over 200 students here in december and um, you know from dental hygienists to police officers i mean you name it pretty much we do it well now the total enrollment uh, you say 200 graduated in december but how many students are there engaged with hawking period uh, a little over 3,000, and we graduate three times a year. So this is the the December graduation was 200. Of course, May is our larger graduation typically, and mm. then we also uh, graduate in August. 3,000 students. Now, um, I'm going to call it a junior college. Do you dislike that term? No, that's fine. Okay. Um how many junior colleges are there roughly in the state? 26. Okay. And are they all doing great or are some having troubles? 
Well, I was interviewed um, last week about uh, declining enrollments in two-year colleges nationally, which is around 20%. Now, I'm really happy to say that's not the case at hockey. We have been down slightly, of course, with COVID and so forth, but nowhere near that 20% number. And, you know, I think you'll find it all over the board across the state of Ohio. But I think one of the advantages we've had at Hawking, because what we really do is teach hands-on, so we're very relevant applied learning, um, which, by the way, serves most people. Most people learn best that way. Mm -hmm. And so um, we felt we had to be in person with classes. And so we did close in March of 20 when the um, pandemic was you know first the state really ordered all the shutdowns but that following august we came back to campus really in full force now we had mask mandates and um, in january we required the flu shot we didn't have a vaccine yet but we wanted to protect our students and our faculty and our staff as much as we could and then um, you know we had daily check-ins and all that so we felt like we could proceed sa as safe as possible and uh, it, per it worked out for us. It, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it worked. And then this, of course, we continued, and then this fall, again, back in full force. And I think that has helped us with enrollment because people want to be in school. Um, online learning works for some people. Some hybrid works for a lot of people. Uh, but fully online is just not for everyone, and certainly not for some of the, most of the topics that we teach. So the in-person classrooms and things, are we going to see masks everywhere? Are we going to, or have people proven that they've taken enough vaccine stuff? Or, well, you know, how's it work? So it's different from different schools and different communities, of course, um, have different expectations. At Hawking College, we do not require masks. We ask that you wear a mask if you are not vaccinated. Um, but we've been that way uh, since the fall semester began. And we've been very fortunate to have minimized any transmission of the disease. Well, yeah. and, and, and another thing is that um, there was a time, I guess, when most Hawking students lived in rental properties. Um, as I understand it, it's changed over the years, and now you have dormitories, and uh, even some private uh, realtors have built um, basically privately owned dormitories, if you will. And uh, it, now, is that correct? Yes, and we operate all of those dorms uh, through Hawking College's Student Life Program. So we have around 600 beds, and uh, we're pretty full right now. So... Um, that's worked out very well, and it allows students from all over the state and even out of state and internationally to come and, um, you know, have quality, safe housing on campus. We also um, have developed what we call the Opportunity House. So if a student gets in a little bit of trouble and we are f fearful that we might lose them uh, or they might be suspended, we have a special program that we can put them in. They're with a house parent for eight weeks, and they get a chance to really develop some new, better habits and behaviors that will allow them to be successful and move back into our regular dorm system. We also this year, uh, again, both these projects are by with help of our foundation at Hawking College. The other pro project is the international student housing. We are in the process of um, remodeling those um, houses and apartments for our, some of our international students coming in. And we have rebuilt a very strong partnership with Jamaica, which Hawking College has had over 25 years. But of course, with COVID, as with everything else, we saw that wane. But I have, um, I think, 17 students that have their information at the embassy right now coming from Jamaica for January. We're really excited about that. Now, uh, what is this connection to the international, particularly Jamaica and that sort of thing? Is it, is there a particular school offering that draws them? Like, well, could it be um, a hotel, motel, no, uh, what do I want to say? Culinary. Rest, culinary, arts, what? 
So it started out that way. Uh, the hotel management and culinary arts, which we still offer both of those programs. And of course, now we have the hotel open again at Hawking College. And the rooms are absolutely beautiful. So if you have anybody coming to town and they need a place to stay, they ought to take a look at the lodge at Hawking College. We're also doing a lot of small conferences there. Mm -hmm. But the students do, um, originally that was the focus. Now we see more students coming for other programs. They're certainly still coming for the culinary and hospitality. But we also have a music program, which is really a production program. So this is lights and sound and all the things that go on behind the scenes, um, radio and so forth. And so this, a lot of those students, you know, there's a lot of entertainment in the islands. And so there's a lot of opportunity for those kind of jobs, as well as people coming here for carpentry and welding and other kinds of things that, of course, those jobs exist there as well. So even just the basic construction skills. Absolutely. Right? Well, um, let's see here. Um, you added sports to the program. Um, how long ago? So this is our seventh year of being in NJCAA. It's one of the very first things that I did when I came to Hawking. And, and why did you think it was so important to accomplish? Well, there were really two reasons, and the board provided some wonderful leadership in this. Our campus was very homogeneous. Um, you know, when you looked around the campus, we were white. And the world today is much more diverse. And to give our college students the best experience, we felt that bringing that diversity to the campus was an important part of the learning and living experience that students should have. And so um, we intentionally started looking at ways that we could attract minority students to the campus. Athletics was one of those ways. And so um, we started doing that. We were at less than 1% minority student population on our campus in 14, and today we are right around 15%. And uh, with the, both the international students and the minority students, that's a real plus for the learning of everyone on campus, of living in of and having that experience of a diverse um, community. But sports can produce so many other things too. Yes, so there's student life. This is the other piece of that puzzle. So we have dorms, but we really didn't have a strong student life program. And so athletics and everything that goes around athletics, pre-game activities and, you know, sort of school spirit things goes along with that as well. And also, really, this is a, a strategy to get more young people to continue their education. You know, we'd like to say that you only come to college so that you can, you know, get a job in the end, get your education, you know, get that job. But there's so much more to it, right? You want to come to a place that you feel safe, that you can experience independent living away from parents and so forth, and that you can really develop those good skills for being a, a, a successful adult. And so the athletic program gave us an opportunity to fill the dorms, have a great student life program on campus, and uh, again, for the benefit of all students, not just the athletic students. The a lot of students wouldn't go to college. A lot of students wouldn't graduate from high school. But for the fact that they have an and in their life, and that and might be football or basketball, it might be the band, it might be choir, it might be theater. All of those things now are possible at Hawking College. And those are the things that keep students motivated and moving forward in their academic world. But it's the and that's sort of the balance of life. Yeah, you know, I was one of those. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, the performing arts, that uh, music, theater, cinema, that uh, caused me to continue um, to seek education rather than simply per, uh, performing. Exactly, yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> when you have a sports program, guess what? It has to be managed. So, you know, here in Ohio University, we have, notably, the number one program in sports management in the world. Various publications say that. Um, you folks now have started a sports management program. 
and uh, Ross um, Ross Chris, I think, um, heads that up. And so it's not just let's have a basketball game um, and a team and a coach, but it's also all of the skills around making that a successful program. Yes, and sports management is not just athletic teams. So our program, the Associate Degree in Sports Management, is designed both for transfer onto the university to complete your bachelor's degree in this field and then maybe even graduate work, but it's also designed so that you can go to work with the associate degree in jobs such as recreation director for a city, a town, a village, a county, a community that you could um, be the recreation director at a nursing home, which is required for nursing homes to have that kind of um, thing available to people. So those who are interested in geriatric activities, this is another pathway for them. So there's there's a lot of different things that you can do with the associate degree in uh, sports management as well as moving forward for the bachelor's degree. Well, I'm just really pleased that you have it up there. Um, you know, I, somewhere I was looking at a couple documents, and it said a new program that you folks have implemented is Tower Tech. Okay, now Tower Tech. So I'm thinking, what are we talking about? And it, it suddenly it occurred to me, wait a minute. I have towers. My antennas are way up in the sky. The tower holds them up in the air. Um you got cellular being um, and, and broadband and all this stuff now just booming, exploding in trying to improve their services. There's a whole bunch of towers now. Like if you drive from Athens to Pomeroy, count how many towers there are, you know? Uh, it's a bunch. So are we talking about those kind of towers? That's exactly what we're talking about. So the Tower Technician One program is funded by the state of Ohio. There were three sites selected, two in northern Ohio and Hawking College in southern Ohio. And we are building a 25-foot indoor tower to do the training on. But these guys and gals will be trained to work on the great big towers that you see out here in the field. Broadband and 5G workforce is... um, Really, you know, there's a, a demand for the for folks who are able to do that type of work. There's there's uh, two types of towers, uh, principally, when you get to any height. One is self-supporting, and the other is guy, with guy wires. Um, are they going to be working on both types? It's a good question, Dave, and I don't know the answer to okay. it. Okay. <laughs> well... Uh, when you find out, let me know, because my towers have guy wires, and uh, I'd love to have some advice on that. So what what happened was the industry came to us in Ohio and said, you know, the demand is here. Here's what the curriculum should be. And so the curriculum has been designed around what the industry has told us, which, by the way, is we have advisory committees for all of our programs of that course. do the same thing. Um, let's, let's talk about, re- we're jumping around here a little bit, relationships with various school districts. Um, I, I assume, you know, you reach out to Athens High School or Nelsonville, York or, um, oh, Lancaster, who knows where, and, and try to work with some of their teachers and administrators to say, listen, uh, we're a great option right out of the chute. And it doesn't mean they can't go on and get a four-year program. But uh, you can save a little money. They might even be excel in it, and which would put them at the top half of their class when they do get to the four-year program, right? Absolutely. So the program today is College Credit Plus, and students in high school can take courses either by coming to Hawking um, or some in some of the schools at their own high school. They can take the college prep courses. Um, and these college, college credit courses carry both high school credit and college credit. 
And so my daughter did this, and by doing that, she really entered Ohio University as a second semester sophomore. Mm -hmm. um, and we even have students now that are graduating with their associate degree a few weeks before they graduate with their high school diploma. It's the exceptional student that does that, but there are a few. And so we saved each year well over a million dollars for parents um, in tuition and, and, and so forth because this is not something parents have to pay for. Um, so it's a huge opportunity, and anyone who has any interest, if, if you're not finding out about it anywhere else, give us a call at Hawking College because we certainly have the opportunity to help your young people really get a jump start on college and save a lot of money in the process. We also have been started doing some pre-apprenticeship programs with schools like Pickerington and Lancaster High School. These are programs um, where the students in their senior year come to us, and during the fall semester, they do several things in the trades, like HVAC, um, carpentry, electrical, and so forth. Then they decide what they really want to do um, in terms of a career, and in January, they start that program in full force. These pre-apprentice pre programs are also very well aligned with the local unions, and so if you want to become an electrician and go into the electrical union, you want to become an operating engineer, go to work for Local 18, like my dad did for over 50 years, um, you know, these are all pathways for you. Just reading some article here, and it says, um, let's see, new certificate options in HC business program. Oh, Hawking hmm. College, I get it. Yeah. Business program, sales, marketing operation, entrepreneurship, human resources, and they also have real estate, insurance, um, a new certificate option in accounting, which is, I, I guess, simply labeled bookkeeping. Yes. Um, you know, the theater department, I was, you know, that was my number one <laughs> major, um, and I... You know, I was the head of Marishan Auditorium at Ohio State. I did all sorts of things. Um, things out west, too. Um, Actually, our theater program is, is planning a summer theater uh, event. I think it's going to be three or four days long this year. And uh, we're looking to bring in theater groups from around the state. And it'll be an opportunity for people to maybe go to a matinee at one theater and see one show and come for an evening and see another show. And you'll be able to do that for two or three days. You know, we're trying to find more things that will attract tourism to our area because, you know, that's bringing new money into our community. And so we're really looking forward to that and the music festival, which we'll be doing at Hawking College in June 10th and 11th. That you've not been able to do that for a year or two, right? That's right. That's right. And that's a very popular thing. I know my daughter really loves it. So we're, we should be announcing the lineup later this week and putting tickets on sale later this week just in time for Christmas. And uh, we're, we're very excited. So the, mu the Nelsonville Music Festival will be called the Nelsonville Black Diamond Music Festival, the one that's held at Hawking College. And um, so we're pretty excited about that. Years ago, uh, uh, golly, what year would it be? Well, it doesn't matter. Years ago, I was in the Columbus Symphony Orchestra, uh, percussionist. And um, Charlie Spawn, and if that name's vaguely familiar to somebody it's out there, it's because he was the director of Ohio State's marching band for many, well, at least a decade, and I think it's more than one. Um, but he's the one who was my mentor, taught me a lot of my percussion skills, and he eventually invited me to join the Columbus Symphony, and I did. Well, they held a, a show just this past weekend of holiday music at Stewart's Opera House. Now, when you folks do theatrical productions or things like that. Do you have your own theater or do you have to use the facilities of 
of, um, oh, I just said it. What was it? Um, the opera, Stewart's Opera House, or or is it a combination of places? So it's um, we do we are in the process of building a new black box theater on campus. We also have a small auditorium on campus that seats around 200 people, and uh, we have a great partnership with friends in Logan. And so we've been able to use um, theaters there. And we are invo involving our high school partners much more in productions and in um, things that we're doing, both in theater and in music. The Hawking College Singers, our choir, is just amazing. And uh, the folks that are working on that project are working with some of the high school students to come in and be involved with that as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so not only is this... Um, how I want to put it, entertaining and a great experience. Many of this, much of this, most of this, whatever word is right, leads to credit. That's cool. You know, when I think of the number of shows I did for which I got no credit other than fame, <laughs> I, I really uh, miss some opportunities, you know. So the theater program is a credit program, and it is a transferable program. And then in addition to that, we have a theater club. So the students have the opportunity to be involved in things outside of the classroom as well. Journalism. Um, you know, again, Ohio University has a, a very famous school of journalism. Um, and yet Hawking College has a school of journalism too, right? Well, we have an upcoming program in uh, 2022 that will start in journalism. It will, again, be an uh, opportunity for people to transfer, but really it's going to focus on the multimedia. A lot of um, journalism, the way we receive our information today, isn't the traditional um, you know, newspaper and so forth, but it's all kinds of new media of course you still have to be able to write it is a basic function of um, of journalism right and so this is truly a skill that is lacking today um, in many folks and so this journalism program will focus significantly on uh, the ability to write you know I'm really out of touch with this stuff even though I'm dead focused on it um, journalism is important to broadcasting. But there are so many new things out there, way of publicizing, journalizing, and I don't have complete faith in their reliability. Um, I guess reliability is a good word in that case. Uh, there's sources. Um, the fact that are they inserting their own opinions uh, for their own purposes? Um, I'm very concerned about that. Well, certainly blogs are, are one of those new medium that you're talking about. And I think, you know, it's part of what comes with higher education, or at least we certainly hope that we're accomplishing that, and that is critical thinking, the ability for, the, for a person to analyze what's the source of this information, um, fact check it. Um, you know, we have to be more critical in terms of the way we approach what it is that we see, we hear, we take in um, to determine is it valid and is it reliable and yeah. is it an opinion? Um, you know, what is really going on here? And, and that's, a, that's a big piece of higher education. I think it's a big differentiator for those who um, have had the opportunity to advance their education and those that have not. Well, folks, please be cautious. And, and um, you know, I'm, uh, you got some people who like CNN. And then what's the other one? Um, oh, it doesn't matter. But to two TV different networks who have fairly different points of view. One's conservative. One's very liberal. Or at least liberal. Um, 
you know, and being drawn to those. And then then we have the typicals, ABC, CBS, NBC, who we hope take it down the middle. Anyway, um, I'm kind of getting off track here a little bit. Betty, um, I saw a program, and I tell you, I use this all the time. Alterations. <laughs> okay, I'm five foot five. So if I buy a pair of trousers, uh, they got to be shortened. Uh, they just don't have, um, they're not, they're not made for me perfectly. Um, but I also love to repair my old jeans. You know, now nowadays they let all these holes in your jeans show. Yeah, that's cool. Don't you know that? Yeah, well, I've got a couple that look <laughs> exactly like that, but I have many that are all patched up, and I think they're cooler. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, you're starting a program to teach people alterations. So it's part of a larger program. The associate degree is fashion design and merchandising, and in that program, of course, the students have a broad array of experiences and included in that is alterations and you know let's face it you can make a good living doing this i we have a place here in athens where i've taken things before and it's typically a two week or longer wait yeah. in order to get my item back so um, we have uh, several students that are trying to perfect their skills in this area, and so we have started an alteration service on campus. Now, these students do alterations for our own students, and we have a career closet on campus. We have a lot of students who don't really have the means to purchase kind of professional clothing, and so we do clothing drives. By the way, if anybody has anything that they'd like to bring to us, nice, clean, good, used clothing, professional wear, particularly our students we put them in a store, fashion design and merchandising program runs the store, and then if somebody needs pants altered or sleeves shortened or anything, the students are able to do that, and we do not charge the students for that. Now, for those of us who want to bring things in, and I have done this a couple times, then uh, there is a small fee for that, and it helps support the program and the students. You know, I, I have a party coming up, which is the Ugly Sweater Contest. <laughs> And I got to looking at uh, ugly sweaters, and I just couldn't go there. Uh, they were awful. <laughs> That's the idea, ugly sweater. <laughs> I mean, some of them were almost obscene in what what points they were making. And, and so I told my wife, I can't do this. And I bought one that simply has... No obscenity, no second meaning. It's just Christmas ornaments sewn into the sweater, right? Um, but it's, you know, I'm going to wear that once a year, maybe. Uh, I can't see wearing it in uh, February to the office. <laughs> but uh, it arrived yesterday. <sighs> Well, my ugly sweater is quite a few years old, and I, I keep it for that very purpose. <laughs> yeah, because somebody's going to throw a hobby during, a, not a hobby, a uh, an event during Christmas where there's an ugly sweater contest. <sighs> I don't want to win that prize. <laughs> what, um, tell me about your personal interests. What, what's, what do you like doing? Well... You know, I, I've been showing dogs for the last few years. I have a Bichon and a Lauchen that I show, and I have a greater Swiss mountain dog that unfortunately became six months old, which is when we should have gone in the ring right at the time that COVID hit. So she's not nearly as well-trained as she should be. So, <laughs> so where she's have you become shown? more of a pet. What levels have you shown? So I show at um, national dog shows, regional and national dog shows. No and, kidding. Uh-huh. And, uh, matter of fact, my uh, female, uh, Lauchen, was the number one female in the country and was uh, crowned that the week that uh, we closed the country down for COVID. So she finished her championship. Um, unfortunately, she had um, cysts and we had to have her spayed, and so I'm not going to have any puppies from her, which I'm really sad about. But right now I do have some puppies. I, had, uh, uh, I have a Lauch or a Bichon. And uh, she was bred with a um, 
I have a good friend that had uh, cancer, and uh, she kind of wanted a puppy out of her dog, and so I agreed to uh, breed my Bichon with her, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, her, uh, what is it called? Anyway, we have teddy bears from them, and uh, they're the cutest darn little puppies in the world, so (laughs) just in time for Christmas. Neat. Now, have you actually participated on a televised dog show? No, I haven't been on any of the televised shows, but uh, maybe someday in the future. (laughs) Well, I want to know about that in advance, okay? Okay. So, you know, we have an animal-assisted therapy program at Hawking College, too, and so we teach grooming, we teach dog training. Um, It's really a very unique program, and uh, our students that are graduating from that are finding jobs uh, both as groomers and as trainers, very successful, and we're we're really proud of that particular program. Now, uh, let's see here, driver's ed, right? Yes, we do driver's ed. We found out a few years ago that a lot of students came to college and didn't have a driver's license, and it's pretty hard to graduate and go to work without a driver's license. So, um, and a lot of those students were foster uh, kids. The foster youth in Ohio. Um, because Ohio, the state of Ohio is the guardian for the foster youth, they have a hard time getting a driver's license before they're 18. And so they don't get the advantage that my kids or your kids might have had of starting out at 15 and a half, 16 years old driving. And so that's really the, the impetus for us to start the driver's ed program. But now we have so many of our local high schools and our high school kids that have found Hawking to be a good place to come and get that. You know, we mentioned athletics earlier, and and people probably made the assumption, well, you got uh, basketball and maybe baseball or football. Well, they've got all of those, plus softball and cross-country. And they may be adding more, too. So we have archery, we have esports, we have an equestrian team. Wait, 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 wait. Esports? Yeah, so that's gaming. Oh. And by the way, our team, our gaming team, and our basketball team are some of the best teams in the state and even competing uh, much broader than that. Wow. Okay. And um, so, and you're looking to add some more too, right? Yes. So soccer will be coming on in the next year or two. And... um, you know, we're, again, we're just trying to find every opportunity we can to keep students engaged while we move them forward to adulthood where they can be successful in the careers that we prepared them for. Um, see, about a year ago, I pulled some notes from when you were here. You've got uh, programs, they're no longer new, but they're in existence. Social work, data analytics, Theater, we already mentioned. Sports management, we mentioned. Cabinet making, architectural millwork, advanced manufacturing, um, heating and uh, air conditioning systems, uh, fashion design, and retail merchandising. Those, Some of those there are kind of uh, sexy sounding, you know. Then, um, let's see, now here's really some important stuff. Water treatment and wastewater treatment. Um, You know, every community has a water treatment center and a wastewater treatment center. And keeping those running properly keeps all of us in good health, right? Yes, and it's also an industry that's really seeing a lot of retirements because if we look at when the development of public water systems in rural areas and so forth and villages and smaller communities was established. Um, those folks are coming that started at that point in time are coming to the end of their career. And so there's really a high demand for these positions. So what is something you've wanted to bring to the program, to the college that uh, has drug on for a while and you've not been able to do, but you're still hoping. Well, I don't know that I have a whole lot on that list. I mean, we pretty much act on the things that become um, important and that we know are important because their job markets change, and so there's new careers, new jobs. We 
don't take a lot of time to think about it. We launch these programs as quickly as we can, working with employers to be sure that what we're putting in the curriculum is going to match up to what those needs are. Um, you know, we started our truck driver program. It's been hugely successful. Mm -hmm. We had a great um, testimony from a recent graduate. Um, you know, he's got two kids at home, and he said, look, I just didn't have time to do a two-year degree. I needed to make a living for my family. He said, I thought I always liked to be a trucker. And in five weeks, you know, he left our campus with 36 job offers. And some of those are local drives. You don't have to just go out and be a cross-country driver. Um, and so they, him and his wife thought about it, and they picked the job that was right for him. And, you know, their family is now sustaining itself in a very positive way. And he's on a career path that will allow his income to continue to grow. Um, a Nelsonville fellow who used to be one of our engineers, he's still great friends, uh, Heed Mumtaz. He's uh, now in the truck driving business and um, loves it. And um, he, I saw him recently. We had a half an hour to talk about what it was like and everything. It was fascinating. Okay, now, you're married, right? I have a significant other. His name is Joe. Yeah. He's my great support system, yes. Okay, now I'm just curious, what does Joe do? So Joe is retired. He was a gov he worked for the government, and uh, right now he's helping me take care of my mom. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump into something, Meyer. <laughs> but um, what, uh, what, what do you think we've failed to bring up? We've, we've got about seven minutes remaining. So I want people to know for sure that Rhapsody is our fine dining restaurant in Nelsonville. And on Wednesday nights, we do jazz night. Kay Carter and the, her band uh, play, and it's been hugely popular. And Sunday, we do a brunch from 10 to 2. The Rhapsody restaurant is run by the students and is part of the culinary program. So we close on December 19th, and we'll re reopen on January 12th. So I really encourage people to um, come over, particularly the Sunday brunch is just awesome. And you can get anything from a classic, you know, two eggs and bacon to a, a really kind of extravagant kind of breakfast. So mm -hmm. um, that's pretty cool. I want to be sure people know about the music program um, and their music festival that will be June 10th and 11th. And so you mark your calendars and watch for the website for the announcement of the shows that are going to be coming. That's going to be awesome. And uh, the last thing I'd say is about our nursing program. So um, we have an awesome nursing program leading to the RN, registered nurse, at the associate degree level. And we just put in a million-dollar simulation lab. This is high-fidelity simulators that have all the bodily fluids and functions of a patient but allow our students to uh, really... Uh, have an experience that they might not be able to have in a clinic because in a clinic, of course, you only experience what happens to be going on that day. In the simulation lab, we're able to have you experience any kind of a, of a health event that we would want you to have knowledge about and know how to handle. So that's just another exciting thing happening. And my Doors for my equine center started to be manufactured on December 1st, and so I'm finally going to get the doors on that building, and we're going to be able to do a ribbon cutting. <laughs> well, horses and hawking have been um, together a long time. Yes, we're really proud of that uh, particular program. And, of course, now we have the equine team that competes. Um, so we got a lot going on when it comes to that area. Let's see here. Um, this journalism thing, uh, you know, when you get your students involved with that, please let me know. Um, broadcast engineering, if you have a focus on that, please let us know. Very good. And um, we'd love to allow some interns to get some practical experience with us, with us and um, just keep up the good work. Thank you. It's great talking with you, Dave. Yeah, well, it's uh, unusual. We're, we're four minutes early. and we, So are we going to sing a song? <laughs> well, it never happens, right? <laughs> it, that never happens is right. So what is, what's Scott doing back there? Is Scott singing? Uh, yes, I'm not telling. 
Okay. Big secret. So um, there's still time to go to school uh, for January. So we, you know, I want to encourage, we talk a lot about high school kids uh, going to college and so forth, but I was 28. Um, I was a single parent. My, you know, was divorced and I had to figure out how to raise my daughter and make a living for myself. And I started taking classes at the college. So I really want to encourage somebody that might be listening this morning who's not 18 years old anymore, uh, but really needs that opportunity to create a life. Um, And education is the pathway to that. I couldn't be sitting here with you today, Dave, if I hadn't started down that journey. And it's a little scary sometimes, but there are a lot of people there to help along the way. I started taking a couple classes in a certificate, and I ended up with an associate degree and then all the other degrees that came after that. So if there's somebody out there that's thinking, you know, there, there got to be a better way than this, um, I encourage them to come and see us. We had a young lady who came and did the truck driver training program. She had a very checkered past, including addiction. But she um, found a way to get into a program and then get into college with us. And we've, you know, she has changed her life, and we've been part of her journey. So wherever you're coming from and whatever you're thinking that, you know, maybe you can or can't do, you can with people to help you. And Hawking College has people to help you. Did you, did you um, if I can interrupt, did you talk about Lake Snowden any, Dave? I was out for a short while. Yeah. Okay. We had a caller at one time wanting to know what uh, the plans might be upcoming for Lake Snowden as far as Hawking College's involvement. So, you know, we put in a water park at Lake Snowden a couple of years ago, and that's been hugely successful. We have been working with the village of Albany and actually have a capital request in for um, expanding the sewer to uh, Lake Snowden that would allow us to provide new facilities there that we can't do. Lake Snowden, out by Albany. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly I got it, and I've noticed that water park out there. I haven't driven in to see it, but I, as we drive out there Tuesday evenings, we, we, we will tonight, for um, we meet a couple there at the Albany Cafe each Tuesday for dinner. Anyway, uh, that was amazing what they put in there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. What well, you put in there, <laughs> not they. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's part of our... Um, natural resource program so the students run the park and then we have our fish management program there as well in the fish hatchery on sort of the back side of the lake and so none of those facilities currently have public sewer now how do you get the fish to attend classes <laughs> well sometimes it's swimming uphill but we get there uh, oh <laughs> another pun okay keep going So the fish management program has become very popular, and we've done a lot of improvements out there to that facility. But something that's still lacking is the public restrooms. And so, um, again, back to this sewer project, that's kind of not a sexy thing to talk about, but certainly something very uh, important and necessary for us to expand there. And the tourism trade is so important to our region because when people come and camp at Lake Snowden, they bring their horses and they do trail riding at Lake Snowden, they come for the water park, you know, they don't only just come to, to the park. You know, they come to the town and they eat at the diner and they buy gas at the gas station. And, you know, all of the businesses in the area um, benefit some sure, from that sure. as well. And the number of people who have, um, shall we say, sites there uh, for their um, campers or uh, RVs or whatever they may be. I don't know the total number of sites. I know it's a uh, hundred or more. Well, and that's s- terrific. Some of them are seasonal sites where mm-hmm. people come and stay for the season, but many of them, and we try to keep them open for people who want to come for you know one or two, three, four, five nights okay. uh, with their family, both from the region and from outside the region. Betty, as always, it's a pleasure to have you. Let's keep this up quarterly, and uh, way to go, honking, right? Go Hawks! There. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dave. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, FM. 
is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Neighbors across Kentucky are offering shelter to friends who lost homes to Friday's swarm of tornadoes. Rhonda Simpson and her husband stayed put in Dawson Springs. We got into the bedroom closet right before it hit and we're blessed. 13 of at least 88 people who lost their lives lived in Dawson Springs. Emergency responder Randy Norman is leading a search. I'm trying to coordinate um, the recovery system right now. Uh, we have quite a few people missing. They could be anywhere. Strangers have been showing up with chainsaws to clear trees. Restaurants are handing out gift cards for hot meals. Utilities say it could be weeks before power and water are restored. New developments on the COVID front. Pfizer says its antiviral pill, Paxlovid, reduces the risk of hospitalization and death from the Omicron variant by almost 90 percent. But a study from South Africa shows the protective power of Pfizer's vaccine diminishes from 90 percent when it's up against the new strain. Ryan Roach with Discovery Health. The vaccine effectiveness of this double dose of Pfizer-BioNTech holds at 70% in the Omicron wave against severe complications of COVID-19, uh, which we measure by hospital admissions. When it comes to vaccines and heart conditions, a study from the UK shows getting shots is better than not. Correspondent Vicki Barker from London. The Oxford University researchers found between one and 10 extra cases of one particular heart condition, myocarditis, per one million people after vaccination. But they found 40 extra cases in people infected with COVID-19. And just in, the NFL is mandating boost but it is stopping short on testing. That report in the New York Times. AAA expects travel to be back to near pre-pandemic levels this holiday season. It says more than 109 million Americans will travel 50 miles or more between December 23rd and January 2nd, a 34% increase.